Well, welcome back to the Bill Bennett Show. It's the podcast that takes a deeper look at the news of the day, particularly about Donald Trump, and gives you thoughtful perspective about what's happening in America, both at home and what's happening for us abroad. On this episode, we'll hear from one of your favorites, Conrad Black, author and non-affiliated member of the House of Lords. His latest book is Donald J. Trump, a president like no other. We'll get his thoughts on the headlines of the day, including the Brett Kavanaugh hearing, or you may want to call it the Brett Kavanaugh Circus. Claude, let's do some emails. Yeah, so yeah, lots of emails. Lots of great emails, too. And by the way, keep sending them in. Uh, you can email us at uh, the Bill Bennett at Bill Bennett Podcast at gmail.com. Get what Bill, is it? Bill Bennett Podcast at gmail.com. Got it. So this one's from Don Matheson or Matheson from uh, Redmond, Washington. He says, Bill, my uh, take on why President Trump is hated by the left like no other. Number one, the left were assured that Hillary would win. Uh, number two, he's been systematically uh, undoing the decline towards socialism set by President Obama. Uh, number three, as a New York developer, he gives it right back to his critics. Uh, and number four, it's human nature to yell your loudest when in pain. And President Trump's policy has uh, inflicted great pain. That's very, on the left. very succinct. Is it Don? Yes. Yeah, very succinct and to the point. Yeah, that's exactly right, Don. Another Don. Um, okay. Uh, did I tell the joke last week about that? No, about another Don? About, about Secret Service? No. Yeah, um, it's a joke, so don't get alarmed. But a <laughs> president's out there, somebody draws a gun, Secret Service guy yells, Mickey Mouse! And everybody turns to him and says, what'd you yell Mickey Mouse for? He said, I was trying to say Duck Donald, Do- Donald Duck. I was oh. shooter, Donald Duck, but I messed it up, just like I messed it up. Donald Duck. <laughs> Okay, like right. Confuse the two characters. Okay, thanks, Don. Uh-huh. Exactly right. Exactly right. He is the non-Obama. The non-Obama. What else we got? Okay, so we've got Molly Kilberg. Uh, she emails in. She says, hi, Bill. In light of Obama's campaigning on college campuses, uh, I would love to see a different message being relayed to college students, and I'm hoping that you can shed some light uh, on this angle. So she said, uh, shares that uh, her husband and I uh, have oh, four. Oh yeah, young- yeah. This is a very interesting email. Go ahead. Right. Yeah, this is really poignant. So she said they have four young children and three in-law children. Uh, they have all graduated from college in the last ten years. The difference in the job market from the oldest to the youngest is dramatic. Uh, I cannot believe the opportunities that are currently available to all of them. Over the last year and a half, they all have either secured real career jobs and or are getting raises as well as watching their savings and one uh, 401ks start to grow. They and all of their recent uh, graduate friends are now feeling hopeful and can see how investments grow and they can start planning for a future they couldn't even imagine just a few years ago. That's a great test case right there. Right. Because she's talking about her kids and her in-law kids. um, And their recent graduate friends. Right. And their recent graduate friends over a period of 10 years. Right. And so job prospects were dim and dimmer, and now they're live and livelier and better. And, and so she's got this right to this correct time span, and that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. And this is undeniable. And I noticed a poll item the other day about uh, you know your major worries, and economic well-being was dropped like down to fifth or sixth right, for the right. first time in a very long time. 
be nice to accentuate that in the campaigns mm-hmm. coming up. Well, that's what she was saying. She says, I know that what we are witnessing is not out of the ordinary in 2018. I was wishing that someone would point that out at graduation time. But now that the midterms are coming up, I think it's a perfect way to get the attention of college students in a very concrete way. Uh, also, I think that if President Trump could tweet this out, <laughs> it might also grab the attention of college students, their parents, and maybe even the media. Thanks for all you do. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, we're not going to hear that at the commencement of the major university. All right. I right. guarantee you. <laughs> Thanks, Molly, for that email. Uh, so here's Gary in Terrell, Texas. It's Terrell, right? Not Tyrell. It's Terrell. I don't know. I'll be corrected if I'm wrong. You'll be correct. You know how Texas people feel about Texas. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, so Terrell, Texas. <laughs> this is Gary. He says, I love your show, Dr. Bennett. I agree with what you said about the left being upset about the Hillary laws. I add to that, President Trump has been very successful in his agenda. That actually makes them angrier. And the hope is that they can distract him from his success. Yeah, no, they're not going to distract him. He is, uh, well, as the next letter I think you're going to read says, he's uh, got a spine of steel. Right, right. Okay. Well, this is from our friend, uh, Penny. Penny. Yeah, Penny, Penny from Glendale, Glendale California. California, but not California anymore. No, she's Penny from Chicago now. She was listening to Joel Farkas. Exactly. Yeah, she Get out of California she, while you still can. She says, in her well, own words, she said, good. she yeah. escaped California escaped. two years ago, yeah, she as she puts it. Uh, she says, why ask, uh, you ask why Trump is so hated. And uh, she says, uh, in her opinion, um, it's because every single news station reports nothing but stories about how hateful, racist, misogynist, sexist, Islamophobic, transphobic, etc. he is. What's uh, trans? Uh, I guess that's I guess when you're, you're opposed afraid to everything, or everything hate uh, transgender people. LGBTQ, I think you're so. opposed to all of it? Right. Maybe. Okay. I think that's okay, right. right. Uh, and there's never a story about anything. He does. Keep that's up good. with phobia here. Right. Well, yeah. Well, there's a there's an adding there's list. a lot of it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they never uh, share a story about anything good that he does. If they are forced to report that unemployment is way down or some other good thing uh, attributable to Trump, the statement is made following uh, immediately with but, and then the uh, other shoe always drops. Uh, if it's about something good, Trump doesn't get credit. People are mar- uh, marinated in hatred of Trump 24 seven. Uh, she says that they wouldn't be caught dead listening to Fox or anything that doesn't slam Trump. Um, and they can never forgive him for winning what they felt was an election. They deserve to win. They missed all the signs. Here's a good point. They missed all the signs and refused to even consider the possibility that anyone would vote for him. And as we've seen for many years, Democrats never lose an election. It's always stolen from them. Uh, she says, God bless that man. I don't know how he carries on uh, day after day with all the unfairness, but we are so fortunate that he does. He is the most principled, still backbone person in Washington. We really dodged a bullet in 2016. He loves America and Americans, uh, and that's been missing in the White House for many years. Uh, put Penny down as a supporter. Right, I uh, think so, right? <laughs> it's interesting. We got a real flurry on this. People wanted to speak out on it. It's good. Okay. All right. Okay. And we have this uh, last email I guess we'll get to for today from Steve. Uh, he says uh, – Where's he from? He didn't say. Oh, well, all right. Fine. But he says, uh, Dear Bill and Claude, not since uh, January 1, 2017, have I watched any television, including the 24-7 cable uh, news uh, programs, sports included, uh, etc. Uh, not since uh, January 1, 2018, have I listened to any radio, including political talk. Uh, he said, bear in mind that our youngest son's middle name is Rush. <laughs> he said he canceled his Wall Street Journal in early 2018. Uh, in fact, other than this very podcast, uh, he has no regular news input. Wow. And he says, we are it. Exactly. I mean, well, we're an exclusive club then. We're his window to the world. Exactly. We need to be careful what we say. And we are. And yes, we are. We are. And he says, uh, what does that mean? It means freedom. 
uh, freedom for him. He says he cannot believe how much of a grip the various news media outlets had on his life. Yeah. And by cutting the cord, he finds that he has much more time for his family, that the kids, the grandkids, faith, volunteering and local uh, and local activities such as serving on the school board. Uh, and he thought he would miss it. But instead, he feels liberated like a former smoker or drinker. Uh, he can only shake his head when he hear the conversations about this and about that. He says, wake up, people. The bulk of what you see and read is based on marketing, advertising revenue and not informed citizenry. That's great. That's very interesting. Um, I, you know, I, I guess I'm guilty. I'm trapped in all this news media, and I watch Fox. I watch, look at CNN. I watch MSNBC. I go around. Uh, not on Saturday. I mean, but the, sol- the solution to me is if they played college football every day of the week, then <laughs> right. I, w- I wouldn't be in this media trap either. You know? <laughs> right. On Saturdays, it's news blackout. blackout right, right. But, uh, no, he makes a great point. We are deeply honored, too, mm-hmm. to be his only uh, source of uh, information and opinion. Reminds me of our responsibility. But, uh, no, I, I remember a lot of people did that with the election of Obama. Remember we heard that on the radio? Oh, yeah, sure. I remember people that. said, that's mm-hmm. it. I'm, I'm done. I'm going to withdraw. I remember someone said, all I do now is pray and listen to classical music. Right. And spend time with my family. Yeah, you can you can lower the dosage. That's for sure. You're listening to The Bill Bennett Show. Conrad Black, author and non-affiliated member of the House of Lords. He joins us now. Conrad, good to have you back. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me, Bill. So we usually talk about American politics and Donald Trump, and we will, we shall. But first, a little bit on Canada, a message to your fellow Canadians about uh, dealing with America and NAFTA and trade. Um, it was a great essay you wrote. Uh, what's your advice to your fellow Canadians? What's your advice to Prime Minister Trudeau? Well, the prime minister was kind enough to ask my advice uh, early on in these discussions, and and I have to say that I, amongst the things I said, was to avoid annoying the incoming administration with references to uh, hobby horses of his that were clearly and, and very notoriously things that the president-elect didn't agree with. He shouldn't get into side issues like hiring native people and and more. A precise and elaborate criteria for gender equality and uh, trying to link uh, ecological matters rather gratuitously with what are essentially just straight questions of trade. Well, as far as I can see, I'm just judging by the leaks on both sides of the border in the media here, uh, they, they, and I don't say this at a personal peak, but they raised all of those points in a way that the Americans, in my opinion, quite rightly found annoying and, and thought were not a serious way to start that kind of a discussion. Now, I understand that what's happened is that, that, that the United States side has put its case very, uh, very straightforwardly, and and we are now down to straight matters of trade between specialists. And as you and your and your listeners would know, it's a horribly complicated subject where you find trading a veneer on a vanadized piece of metal against a quantity of tropical fruit or something, and it just, it just gets very complicated. But I, I, I think they're down to you know real brass tacks now, but uh, my suspicion is the Canadians have given away more than they needed to. Now, with that said, there is always some temptation in this country. It's rarely done, but it has been done occasionally, to take a histrionic position and say, I will stand up to the Americans. We like them, they're our friends, but right. they are you know, much larger country uh, in population and, and GDP than we are. 
although our standard of living is about the same on average, but the, I mean, in purchasing power, but uh, we have to stand up to them because they, even if inadvertently, become a bit uh, overbearing. And and occasionally that has, I mean, it's, it's in a way popular with a lot of Canadians, but the, the trouble is Canadians are practical. They're not over-emotional people who, who are going to lose sight of their economic interests. And once they realize that any stance like that is actually likely to cost them in the pocketbook, they, they desert whatever political party is trying to is, is trying to take that tax. So we went all through that in the no. free trade debates back in Mulroney's time. And I, I, there appears to be some body of opinion within this government, since we're coming up to within a year of an election, uh, to, to play that card. If they do, it'll be a disaster, in my opinion. And I don't think they will do it, but there's a chance of it. Uh, you know, it, it just occurred to me every time you say something, it sparks something in my, my mind, this point about uh, coming back with things that were many of them are relevant, like uh, diversity and, uh, you know, uh, uh, ecological issues and so on. I don't know if you're familiar with the work of Heather MacDonald from the Manhattan. Yes. Okay. Well, she does great work. I mean, not all of it, but I've often read her and she's very sensible. Oh, maybe we can send it to you. It's in her book, but we just had her on and you may find this interesting. I found it fascinating. In the big 250 page report they issued in Chicago about the current circumstance, the police department and all, and all the murders that occur. You see that weekly or weekend toll. Um, the emphasis was on the need for the police department to hire with greater diversity and with greater sensitivity when they make arrests that they identify the person and don't assume a sexual identity, ma'am or sir. I mean, the preposterousness of it just is, is stunning. Here, people are dying in the streets and you get this uh, this report talking about uh, be very careful how to address people and don't address them, you know, by a male or female pronoun unless you're absolutely sure. And, and uh, who, who wrote up such a report? I can't remember. It was a commi- uh, it was a commission. It was a commission. Yeah, but, but, but the commission struck by the, by the outgoing mayor. I, I, I think people there. Yeah, I think people there. I'm sure there were some. Yeah, I, I, the proportions of the fiasco of Rahm Emanuel's regime yeah. deserve greater recognition than the, than they've received up to now. Yeah, the MA. He thought, like you know, many Chicagoan people with political ambitions, so that that was really the greatest job of all, and, and he's been a disaster in it. He's really been chased out of office. And there was a great piece. Again, you remind me, our friend Andy Ferguson said that for years oh, yeah. there, there would be uh, fewer commissions put together with the death of Father Hesburgh since he was gone. There was no, <laughs> there was not a, a commission worth its salt established in America that didn't have Ted Hesburgh uh, from Notre Dame on. Um, yeah, he had he had a great. Uh, trademark, all right. But, he, but uh, in fairness to him, I don't think he would have signed under rubbish like this. Well, oh, he signed under a lot of rubbish. He was a great political. I went out there for an honorary degree at Notre Dame, and um, I was honored. You know, good Catholic boy like me. I was even recruited by their football. I was recruited by their football coach when I was in high school, who wrote me and, and said, "Yeah, well, before you're impressed, he wrote and said, but after two or three years, I think you could be a good third string tackle for us.' <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, with that, you in mind, uh, I went to Williams College and, and played all, all four years. Anyway, um, I was out for an honorary degree, and Gary Wills was getting an honorary degree at the same time. Hesburgh said, Father Ted was trying to bring him back into the fold, was he? Yes. Well, he said, I balance these things. And then two other incidents, you'll, you'll like this. Um, he said, come with me as we dedicate this new building. Uh, Mr. Santarelli, or whatever his name was, has given us $16 million. And he said, uh, Lord and Jesus and 
Mother Virgin Mary and bless uh, Mr. Santarelli and others in the audience who may want to imitate him for our next building project. It was so brazen, you know, just so out there. And of course, not not a single Catholic winced because we're quite used to this, you know. And then, I think, I think all religious denominations are used to having the arm put on them like that. The Jews are even better at it, I think. And then that evening, I'm sorry, I'm going, I'm supposed to be interviewing you, but this is just rich stuff, if you don't mind. Uh, the, the party had the Meyer Davis Orchestra, and I said, boy, you must charge a pretty penny. They must charge a pretty penny for this. He said, well, Meyer Davis, you'd think maybe is Jewish, but in fact, he's a Catholic, so I got it for free. So this is a guy who understands what a church is for, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was, uh, I used to see him as a trilateral commission. Yeah, of course. Yeah, well, there you go. There's a commission. There's Hesburgh. And he gave he gave an honorary degree to a dear friend of mine, the cardinal at the time here in Toronto, Cardinal Carter, Emmett Carter. So I, I, I and then he visited him and I had dinner with him up here a couple of times. But he, he he was a real operator. But I mean, I always felt at the base of it, he, he was sincere in what he was doing. He, yeah. He just made his way. <laughs> he was you know, to, totally sincere. world well. Sincere and brazen at the same time. I mean, no embarrassment about it. This is for the church. And I shouldn't be joking about the church. My God, I am suffering. Good Lord. You know, it's, it's terrible. I mean, we're it, co-religious, Bill, but then it, it's, uh, it's, it's shocking what's happening. Is the Pope involved in the cover-up? You know? I, 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 well, I'm a little skeptical about Vigano, but on the other hand, this man, Cupich, the Archbishop of Chicago, and where on earth did they find this guy? Yeah. I, I, you know, I, well, you know, cli- climate change is more important than the molestation of young people. Yeah, I mean, no, I know. I, I, th- that won't do it all. What, 20 years ago, Cardinal Bernadine was there. It was a man falsely accused of that. That's right. That's right. I was friendly with uh, Bernard Cardinal Law in Boston, and, and when it, the news broke on him, I wrote a piece for the journal saying, you know, what a disappointment. And then I went and made the mistake of becoming friendly with the two here, uh, Whirl and uh, McCarrick. And, uh, Look, I knew both scoundrels. Yeah, but McCarrick was a, is a charming man. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. he was a delightful man to have dinner with. Absolutely. absolutely. And he spoke very well at that great uh, ceremony after 9 11, you yeah. know, with Billy right. Graham and so That's on. Right. I, I mean, right. uh, it, I, it was shocking like, what came out. I, I whirl I, uh, as. I mean, he he he's, he just appears to have been blinded. I mean, he he didn't do anything bad himself, did he? As far as we know, other than overlook some of the transgressions of his predecessor. Yeah, just just the cover up, you know, just the cover up. Well, it's not anyway, great. It's but, not okay, great you get, you know, I I stand corrected. I should think better of Hesburgh. All he all he was was a was a great was a great <laughs> operator, you know. Yeah, they surely was that. And a good priest, I think, probably a good priest too. He's well, the university did well. Yeah, sure. Sure, sure. That Condi Rice there. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Let's go back. Uh, let's go back to American politics if we can. Sure. You wrote a great uh, essay. We'll put a we'll put a link up uh, on our site. Should we start with today and Brett Kavanaugh and all that stuff and whether the Democrats have shot their last bolt, or should we start where you close to the beginning of your essay, first day of the campaign, day after Labor Day? Well, it, whatever you like. But I mean, it, let's start with today. Time, yeah. Okay. Sure. Give me your sense. Your sense of it in terms of the politics of it. Well, you know, there's been plenty of comment already about how Feinstein waited so long and didn't raise it in the one-hour yeah. private meeting or in the, the telephone meeting with the Democratic members of the Judiciary Committee or in the public hearings and how the psychotherapist notes or some variance of what Dr. Ford is saying. And then there was the person who was at that party and has no such recollections. And then 
uh, Senator Hatch has taken up a kind of uh, safe fallback position for her that maybe she was herself slightly uh, uh, both shocked by events and had a drink or two and was mistaking Kavanaugh for someone else. I, you know, I, it's so far, and, and none of what is required for a denunciation to take somebody down, whether it's a, a Charlie Rose or, or Harvey Weinstein or uh, Roy Moore, uh, none of it is there. I mean, you don't have a flood of people coming out of the woodwork saying he did it to me too. Uh, you, you, you don't have any corroboration. You don't have anything. And and you have the very suspect manner in which Senator Feinstein brought this forward. And um, uh, she's expressing uh, disappointment in the FBI. But even if such a thing occurred, it's not a federal offense. So and she, if she's, since she's the ranking member of the Judiciary Committee, she presumably knows that. So what is she talking about? I mean, as of now, it looks like a complete fizzle. And the Democrats look like they, they are so desperate. They're scraping the barrel and, 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 are, and are throwing grains of sand. But, uh, you know, if we, you know, it's a bouncing football. Somebody... Yeah. Some plausible right. woman comes forth and says, you haven't heard anything. That's right. when, I, when I was a, a sophomore, this guy, cold, sober, you know, in fact, raped me. I mean, anybody will say anything about anyone nowadays. I don't mean to impugn the integrity of every single person, but we seem not to be able to turn off the tap on startling revelations. And I, want, I would say, I want, on anything I've seen, it's a weak case and won't fly. I want to take it a step further. Well, let me let me comment and get your reaction. Politically, I mean, I think they're you know this is their last desperate stand in a in a very ugly process, and they've pulled out every nasty thing they can do. Well, paying hecklers and so forth. Yeah, yeah. Booker's conduct but, was just outrage. But, but given the numbers, and here's Jeff Flake saying, I don't know, you know, and then and then you have Collins and Murkowski, and you know, if they are equally credible, equally credible. I think he he may lose because he loses one or two votes, loses one or two. Well, votes. if that happens, I assume the president then just really goes to town on how uh, the, the, this is the this is the bane of the rhinos and the never Trumpers. Yeah, oh yeah. And 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 uh, and I think he's going to pick up at least three senators in November anyway. Hope so he so. just holds the nomination and then comes back uh, and comes back then. Uh, if 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 there's no significant additional uh, anti Kavanaugh advocacy or evidence. Um, I mean, as I say, if you start getting people coming into the woodwork saying me too, then I don't mean just the present slogan, but you know, the, I did something to me also, then, then it gets dodgy. But, but I, uh, failing that, I, I, you can't count on, on, on the never Trumpers, uh, for anything, for anything positive. I mean, they, they hate Trump as much as the Democrats do. And they only, I mean, Flake and Corker only hang in there as they did, for example, on the tax bill, because it was such a good bill. Yeah. Um, I, they, they would, they would like to do what John McCain did without having to die doing it. They'd like to kick the president in the groin if they could. I, uh, but uh, but unlike John McCain, they've got they've got to live with America for another ten or twenty years, and 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 so they you know that the, that stays their hand a bit. But I I wouldn't put one cent on the fidelity of any of the people we just mentioned. I wish I agreed with you. I mean, I agree with you in part. If someone else steps forward, I was at that party and saw the exact same thing she says. Or if someone else steps forward, um, he's he's in trouble. But I. Serious trouble, probably out. But I think if I heard you correctly, I 
even in the absence of that, if she is equally credible, I think there's a good chance he loses Flake and loses one of the women, and it goes down. Um, I can't say there isn't, and, and you would know better than I, but I would have thought the likelihood of her being equally credible is not great. I mean, here, here's a... Uh, uh, here's a woman whose story is already moving, who 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 didn't wasn't so full of righteousness. She wanted yep. to be known early on. Uh, you know, where has she been for the last 36 yep. years? Sure. I, 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 to get the equal credibility with a judge of his standing and record, and so many people of, of uh, all 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 over the uh, the sociology of the country on the positive side, attesting to his good character. I I don't think she's going to get the equal credibility. But well, at least we'll I'm not with. It's television. She's being coach. She's being rehearsed. And let me say something else, which is not political here. I just had an exchange early this morning with a friend. I don't know. I think he's still a friend. He's, he's one of these friends that kind of lost in the tempest of uh, the Trump tempest. Yeah, you know, we've all been through that. Yeah. You know, thinning out my Rolodex. What? You too? At two? Anyway, yeah. uh, but uh, he said, you know, I, I, I think the Me Too movement was necessary, Harvey Weinstein, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, as long as it doesn't get politically hijacked, my worry at the moment, and the reason I said what I said to you, Conrad, is not the political hijacking, but the judgmental short-circuiting. It is now, for a large part of the population in America, self-evident if a woman says X happened, it is self-evident that it happened, if this is the category. Well, the, of course, it, that's extremely dangerous. When you get but a But isn't that true? Isn't that true? I mean, they were all on I, TV I yesterday, not, I, I, an article in Atlanta this morning. I believe her. Why do you believe her? Because she said so. And they, a woman wouldn't say so unless uh, it were true. I don't believe that for a second. I believe some highly motivated political type, and this woman is, apparently, uh, would do well, that. Well, I mean, the, the, the Reverend Al Sharpton can tell us all about that kind you of thing. Betcha. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt, but I, I see... I, I'm, I'm worried about that, that it becomes, as soon as it's uttered, it's believed. Well, it is by some people, but, but only by the by the fanatics and the most vocal and, and because of the... And the mainstream media. Yeah, well, yeah, but that's because they're, you know, they're, they're part of the swamp and they feel under attack and the president attacked them while he was running and he's ignored them and, and run them. Social <laughs> I'm, media, I'm so. pushing back, Conrad, the mainstream media. People buy yeah, yeah, this. Yeah, but, but we know what their motives are and, and they... They, don't, they haven't carried the day so far. Okay. Uh, and and uh, they, they, I agree, a good part of them will will attach credence to whatever anybody says if, if it's inconvenient to Trump. I, I agree with that. A, if it's but, inconvenient to Trump, but I'm, I'm narrowing the scope. Not only if it's inconvenient to Trump, if it's about this. If it's about sex. Uh, Bill, I agree there are many people in, to use democratic terminology, uh, in those dregs and in that basket. But, uh, uh, yes, democratic national office seeking uh, designation of categories of the population. But um, but I, I still put my faith in the in the decency and fair-mindedness of the average person. And I think the majority of Americans would say, look, uh, you know, one denunciation from 36 years ago doesn't mean that it happened. And frankly, three-quarters of the male population and at least a third of the female population at some point in their youth got as bombed as a snowy owl and, and put the make on somebody of the opposite sex. Hey, yes. And I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say no one in this conversation did. No, I, well, no, no, I know, I know. Listen, this guy is modern-day elementary school, Georgetown Prep.
This is where my sons went. He's squeaky clean. He's, this is where my son. I'm not saying I mean, my he, sons went, therefore he's squeaky clean. But, I mean, we know yeah. this. This is our hive. This no, but is our, look, if, if, if this guy is, is so afflicted by moral turpitude, he's not yeah, fit no, to right. fit on a court one echelon above where he's been quite satisfactorily for many years, then, uh, then you, you know, you might as well just uh, hand it to the anarchist because no government's going to work. I just think it's broader than dregs. I, 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 oh, oh, look, I, I, I agree that there will be people saying uh, if there's any blot on this guy's ledger, it's no dice. But uh, but that's nonsense. And the, the the average American will say, what are you talking about? Okay. I mean, if that was the case, we wouldn't have had Bill Clinton. We wouldn't have had Lyndon Johnson. We wouldn't have had lots of people. All right. Well, you live in blessed Canada. I live in Montgomery County, Maryland, okay, yeah. which is a well-to-do yeah. well suburb. Chevy Chase, you know it. Sure. I'm sure you've been. But 90 percent Democratic, I suspect. Yeah, but and the rest is right. Oh, but Mrs. Bennett was out yesterday. Uh, garden club or something and people said well you certainly aren't for trump anymore uh, why well because of this judge you're not for him because of what he did to that woman yeah no I, uh, my wife is in new york today and was yesterday and uh, you know she just mentioned to me last night some of the people that i know too that she spoke with and and you, know, you just can't reason with them it's it's like uh, when we were young These are not democratic you, operatives they are not no no, no 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 of course not no, but okay. when we were young if you stayed up late contrary to your parents uh, wishes and and sneaked a view of what was on television at 2 a.m was about uh, you know children going to bed at night and waking up as as giant uh, almonds or something you know it's as if uh, it, it, i mean these people go to bed at night and they wake up uh, convinced that, that Trump and anything near Trump is bad. I mean, it, it, it's terribly hard to reason with these people. Okay. Look, it's it's how you call the good sense of the American people. And the good. you and I agree the good sense of the American people got Donald Trump elected. I, the majority are reliable and they always have been. But look where the majority are now. Let's shift. Let's go back to politics. Let's go to the midterm elections. Uh, you, you're not so sure it's a blue wave, right? I don't think it's. I don't think it's a blue wave. No. Do they get control? I I would say not. I I think they uh, shot their bolt. You know, Woodward did his thing. Yeah. It's inevitable. Yeah. Uh, the the Times did their thing. They've given up on anything illegal touching Trump. They've they've completely given up. Woodward said there's no evidence of uh, of Trump Russian collusion. Uh, their their case now is the White House is in chaos and the president's not sane. Now that's not going to fly. I mean, it simply won't fly. The country doesn't care if the White House is in chaos. If if uh, the policy is good and, and the president appears to be functioning, and um, and uh, that that's what they're down to absolute ridiculous nonsense, blaming him for hurricanes and and then saying that the two million people died in Hurricane Maria. I mean, they're down to nonsense on a scale I've never seen. I've been following American politics since the Eisenhower era, as you have, and and it, it, this is just not going to fly. You know Bentham's phrase, nonsense on stilts? <laughs> yeah. It's not no going to fly. Right. It's not going to fly. I mean, I, I you know, I, I wish I had your confidence about the midterms. I think a majority, I know the polls were wrong right before the election. Four point spread, five point spread. Trump overcame it. We're looking at a 15 point spread now in terms of. A well, that's only on. You're talking Gallup here. You're not talking Rasmussen. No, I'm not. That's right. And I'm, not, I'm talking a poll of polls, average of the polls. Well, look, Maybe I 10. yield to you, but the last one I saw, it wasn't as high as 15. All right. Eight, look, eight the, 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 president took, the president took all the heads. I'm on your side. I want to be on your no, side. I understand. I, I understand. I want, but, <laughs> just, I'm worried. But the, the Democrats fired everything they had, and, and they can't. 
can't come up with a pseudo crisis a week all the way to the to the first Tuesday or second Tuesday in November. And and um, and if he doesn't overreact and just calmly restates how the economy's performed, uh, how the you know, the fact is that the North Koreans aren't firing, firing missiles over Japan, we're renegotiating the trade agreements. You know, we worked with Mexico. We got a framework with Europe. We're working on it. Uh, and and you know the, the the rest of the undoubted achievements that the administration and its spokespeople can put up, and just repeats. You know, do you want your taxes raised? Do you want open borders and census takers yeah. not even able yeah. to ask yeah. the people, the presidents, our citizens of this country? Do you want that? Uh, and 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 do you do you want Maxine Waters as the guiding light of American justice? Uh, they they'll win. I think. The, I mean, they'll hold their position. I think they'll pick up a few senators. No, they might lose a few congressmen. I, I doubt if they'll lose the House. But, but I, I agree. If you take a, a snapshot today at the polls, it, 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 I mean, I think they hold the Senate, but they might, they might, they could lose the House. But okay. you know. Even your generic vote, obviously the Democrats will take huge majorities in some of these districts in California and, and Chicago and New York City and so on. But, but even where it is now, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't look to me like it's changed that much from the last election. Okay. Just, um, you know, I'm, I used to teach the Federalist Papers, and, and Madison says, but, you know, in addition to all these precautions and balance of power, separation of powers, et cetera, et cetera, he said, ultimately, the, the well-being of the republic depends on the good sense of the American people. And it's that good sense that I'm worried about. It had the good if, sense. If that isn't there, democracy will fail. Right. Right. But, um, but it's in it's in play now. It's partly in play because of his his own stuff. And I, I love the guy and he's a great campaigner. The irony is when he gets out to campaign, he doesn't stick to the script you just described. He says, what do you mean? Three thousand people were killed in Puerto Rico. You know, get off. Get off that, sir. Well, by the way, he's right on that. It's just I don't think you can win on this. Of course he's right on it. I mean, they counted everybody who died for four months, you know, five months. Hey, you know, a guy commits suicide because he lost all his money in the stock market. But wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for right. Marie. I mean, look, it, the trouble is. You know this term, excess mortality? Do you hear yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I love that. No, I, I put it in a thing I just sent the American Greatness. It'll be up later today. But, oh, they, but, they, but I mean, if, if you're going to count every single death in Puerto Rico for six months after yeah. the storm as caused by the storm, then you'll get a lot of dead people. Okay, I agree with you. Now, you're writing the speech for Evansville or North Carolina or someplace. You don't put it in there, right? You don't put it in no, there. No, no, no. I you put it in what you I, I, He never should have raised it. So Especially he's a, when... Millions of people are sitting there waiting to get flooded out by, by Florence. You don't say, well, we did a fabulous job in Puerto Rico. Okay. We'll take that. Okay. I mean, okay. okay. All right. So he's got a great script. You've written it for him. Uh, his own policies have written it for him. He, he's a great campaigner. But when he gets out there, he can't resist going off script and talking. I have to say, Bill, now you tell me if I'm wrong here, but... I think that what he said in the last 24 hours on this Kavanaugh uh, was the best. has been very judicious. The best. Which tells me that that, uh, he, that he's not so out of that out of control. I'm speaking from the hard stuff, hard on sleep. It's it's good. It's good sometimes, and he knows when it's good, but he knows when it's not good. I, I agree. I, I agree with you. I, I was watching with my family. I said, best statement he's done. Most statesmen like oh, let's hope yeah, and, it, and, and it holds through tonight. Let's hope it yeah, holds it, through next week. Yeah, that, 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 he, that he doesn't blow it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just you know, good lord. I mean, 
if they take the House, uh, whatever impeachment, I'm not worried about that. He's not going to be convicted. He may be impeached. But, but you know, nothing will get done. Nothing will get done. And then, you, you'll, you'll, you'll get the confirmations because only the Senate's needed for that. But I agree. You, you won't get any major legislation through. Yeah, but uh, we should be we should be picking up so many seats because the, the country. We just we just read an email before you came down. It was a very interesting perspective. A woman wrote and she said, uh, you know, we have six kids. We have been sending them to college and paying for it and graduating them. And the prospects of the kids who graduated ten years ago were dim. And the prospects of the kids and in-law kids graduating now are fabulous. In fact, everybody's prospects are better. They've all got good jobs. They're all getting salary increases. And they're all building their 401ks. You see, my theory, Bill, is they're sitting here. I know it's generous of me sitting in Canada to bestow upon you 320 million Americans my theory of how you really think. So I don't mean it. So I so hope I'm right. I hope but, I'm wrong. But, but my, I, my, I, my perception, for what it's worth, is that the country hasn't really focused on the election. I mean, the politically mm-hmm. act people do, but the, the country, the great broad mass of the American people mm-hmm. aren't thinking about the election. They'll think about it like good citizens quite close to the day. And when they think about it, all this noise will be in the past. It'll be like the nonsense of Charlottesville, where for a week, every mm-hmm. you know, every day, a statue of General Lee was being taken down somewhere. I mean, it, it, it was all, you know, all the agitation at the airports over the uh, uh, migration bill and all, got, all of that, or executive order. It, it's, it's all, it's all just water over the dam. No one cares. And and they'll say, you know, damn it, this guy sort of acquired taste. He's a bit of a strange cat at times. But, you know, no, the North Koreans aren't threatening us. The Iranians are scrambling. Every economic indicator is up. I'm not worried about whether I can, you know, pay my bills. I'm not worried about whether I'm going to have my job next month. I, I mean, I, this guy's delivered. Let, you know, let, let's let's give him a, you know, encourage him. Hope and I, I think that's what will happen. I don't think the public is focused on it yet, and they're giving knee-jerk answers to pollsters who don't want to hear the truth yeah. anyway. Yeah. The one poll, I mean, you mentioned Matt Rasmussen, who I, I hope is right, but the other poll that I've been watching, and this it seems to be an eternity, uh, where, well, for First of all, a couple of pollsters have, have told me that they think the most reliable poll is the right track, wrong track. And we have been far down on wrong track. I mean, the number's been way up on wrong track forever. And now they are closing. Yeah, it's only, a, I, yesterday I thought it was only seven points. That's right, that's right. But it was two to one wrong under Obama almost the whole time. That's right, that's right. Did yeah. I tell you, can I interrupt, did I tell you about my meeting with the president? Oh, please do. In New Jersey, it's just, I'm not going to tell you the substance of it because it was people's business who I was helping, but... He said, come on up to the club, Bedminster. And I mean, you wrote the book, so you, you know what this guy is. He's so funny. We wait, we're waiting in the golf club for him. He says, don't wear a suit. Bring, you know, wear your golf clothes. I said, I don't play golf. So wear casual clothes. So I go and we're sitting there, three of us sitting there. He walks in with, he's already played nine holes. And he shouts at the door, oh, my gosh, it's Bill Bennett. Look, everybody, it's Bill Bennett. And all these guys say, who the hell is Bill Bennett? All these, all these Italian guys from New Jersey, these golfers, they don't, they don't know who Bill Bennett is. And he says, how are you? That's fine. He said, all right, I got two minutes. I got to go back and play golf. I said, Mr. President, 
I just decided to balls my way through it. If I could say that, I need five minutes. You got to sit down and give me five minutes. He said, hey, Bill Bennett says I got to give him five minutes. I guess I better listen. Then I was embarrassed. Then I was embarrassed. That's him all right. But he, but he gave me the five minutes and, and his advice. And you, you, you got done what you wanted done? Yeah, we got that. I, you know, didn't want a long presentation. Give me the gist of it. He said, I like it. Let's do it. There you go. Man, hey, look, I, uh, the theory that, that he is... Uh, inattentive, has no concentration span, is undisciplined. That's nonsense. He works very hard. Yeah. Now, he, he he defines work as including things like sitting watching Colbert on television and rubbish like this that I would have to reach for the sick bag to do. But but um, but he's on top of his job, and he, he certainly he's, he has an uncanny instinct for the vulnerabilities of people. So he, you know, from I mean, he was the one who really blew up the Pocahontas war an issue, you know, for example, and, 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 and she's just kind of a sideshow to him, but uh, you know, he's, he really shook things up in this country, in Canada, when he pointed out how our internal tariffs to protect a relatively small number of dairy farmers in eastern yeah. Canada uh, you know, were an outrage that Canadians were suffering from. Now, that knocked the government up here back for a month. You know, they did not deal with that. And what he said was true. I mean, he, he latches on quickly to what the what what the person he's dealing with wants, and 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 what the weak points in his argument are. I mean, you know, he's, yeah. he's a very clever man. He's just not someone you're used to in a political occupation. My perspective from that meeting and its follow-up and another conversation with I had about something else is the problem isn't sabotage, though there is sabotage, and you know close to treasonous behavior among some, but follow-up. It doesn't get through the pipeline. He says, yes, get it done. It doesn't get done, a lot of it. Now, a lot is yeah, getting Well, you know, you know, I wrote large, thick biographies of Roosevelt and, yep. and Nixon. Yep. And, good ones, uh, too. It, Very it, good you, ones. You, often the only way to get something done is for the president absolutely to force it. I mean, when when after Dunkirk, for example, Roosevelt ordered a dispatch of a tremendous quantity of rifles and artillery pieces and ammunition and so on to the British, is wrenching them out of the hands of the American armed forces who were just starting to tool up, you know, from complete disarmament. And, and nothing was happening until the president started phoning around saying, look, where are these shipments? What is the state right. of that? I want them... I, right. I want them sent to Britain right away, right. and he was phoning around, and, and you you have to you then you have to do it, but but yeah, you know great. the president can't do that for every issue. It's great, yeah, that's exactly on point because I said, okay, great, thanks for your agreement. Who do we? Who's going to follow up? And he looked at me, said, I'll follow up. I said, no, you can't follow up, sir. You're too busy. You got too much going on. He said, I'll follow. Up. He said, okay, I'll go. And then he gave me a name. He said, do that. But if it doesn't work, then then get back to me. And I did, and I did, and it didn't work, and I did get back to him. But I felt guilty yeah. doing it, you know? So, well, you, 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 I, look, I, I've known him for 20 years, but I've never dreamed of trying to contact him since he's been elected. And I mean, I get messages from him occasionally, but, you, but, should uh, try. you know, I, you I would try. I, I mean, it's been my privilege, except for Obama, to know every president, starting with LBJ. And, 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 and uh, I mean, some of them as ex-presidents, I must say, but some of them, and, I mean, from Reagan on, as I knew him before they were elected. And, and except for Obama, and and uh, I would never. I mean, I'm, you know, I would never. I have no standing, for God's sakes, to call a person in that office if they want to speak to me. Yeah, be he wrote the best uh, 
best biography of him and the, you have the best uh, perspective on him, most accurate, most reliable in my view, and I know him pretty well. So I think you do, and I think you should, and I think he'd love to. Uh, well, uh, that's very kind of you. Look, I, I've always found him to be a loyal friend, and and uh, and a, you know, if he gives you his word, you can take it to the bank. He may sometimes need to be prompted, but... But if he said it, he'll stick to it. Yeah, you told us about your experience with him building uh, something in Chicago, building in Chicago. Yeah, well, well uh, you know, uh, and and he was uh, completely unfazed by the, the proverbial mores uh, and folkways of Chicago politics. You know, if you want to move a refrigerator, you got to pay three aldermen ten thousand bucks, and you know, if you uh, <laughs> you know the the building trades are all basically run by the mafia and stuff. It's it's not it's it's a quite a civics lesson, you know. But he, he he didn't have any problem with that. He knew how to deal with everybody. All right. Well we have uh, I hope you haven't abused your schedule, but it's always so great to talk Oh to good you. heavens no. I always have well, a list of questions for you and then you answer and then it makes me think of all sorts of other things then I worry that I participate too much in my own interview. I'm I'm and I've I always I'm always afraid I talk too much, so Okay. <laughs> no you don't. You don't. We'll look for your piece in American Greatness and we'll talk to you again soon and we will await uh, with bated breath. Boy, you know, these self governing democracies, it's a do it yourself proposition, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, the, you you've you've got to say though that uh, I mean of course they're completely incompetent much of the time, but even a, a benevolent dictatorship, do you, do you know what it would be like even if the, the head of it was a was a saintly person, do you know what it would be like dealing with the bureaucracy and a benevolent dictatorship? Yeah. I mean you you you'd just be told what to do and if you didn't do it you'd God knows what would happen to you. I mean I mean democracy is appalling, but it's better than the alternatives. We just gotta make it work as well as well as we can. Next time I wanna ask you what's haunting me at, at dinner uh the other night uh friend said, okay, you know, we were worried about this election, very worried and thinking, as our friend Michael Anton wrote in that essay, what was he, Lucius Decius, you know, the one, the Flight 93 essay, yes. that, uh, you know, if we didn't do this, this, the plane would go down. Okay, we got a reprieve, but, you know, is it a reprieve? What happens after Trump? I don't want to worry about that because I'm going to worry. Yeah, well, look, it's, it's an ongoing battle, isn't it? But, um, you yeah. know, as, as, uh, America Margaret has a way of pulling it off. Hey, where's Margaret Thatcher used to say, we're still here, you know? Yeah, and don't get wobbly, right? <laughs> that's it, don't get wobbly. We don't worry about you on that score, sir. We don't. <laughs> Same to you, Bill. Thank you, Conrad. Thank you very much. Great Conrad pleasure. Black, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to The Bill Bennett Show. Okay, let's talk a while. Boy, it's, uh, you know, our only guest interview this week was Conrad, but that's enough. It's... He's so smart and um, so interesting. Love that right. vocabulary too. I think I gave him one he hadn't heard before. Which Jer- one was Jeremy Bentham? Nonsense on stilts. Yeah, <laughs> right. I've never heard that one either. Pretty good to give an yeah, Englishman a Bentham quote he hadn't heard. Well, there you it's go. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So let me let me just put it right. I look at the Kavanaugh thing. Political point here is is this a high political hijacking of the Me Too movement? Sentiment is behind accusers these days, mm-hmm. partly because Rightly, people feel this is something that's been going on in America for a long time. Right. And people haven't been called. The penalty flag hasn't been thrown. It's about time it got thrown. Right. Second, the record, you know, thanks to the very good reporting and research of guys like Ronan Farrow, mm-hmm. 
who've made the case against Weinstein and Moonviz and Charlie Rose and all this has been very good. Right. Uh, and so public says, okay. Therefore, because the pattern of, you know, this guy's name and then the evidence follows, evidence always seeming to follow, mm-hmm. uh, leads people to believe that if someone is accused, evidence will follow. Right. So that the accusation becomes self-ratifying. But that's that's wrong. Uh, we now have people saying, somebody was saying on CNN yesterday when, you know, news of this woman who's accusing uh, Kavanaugh of this stuff in high school, said, I believe her because she said it. And women have no interest in saying this because, you know, you're going to be vilified. Not necessarily. I mean, you might be treated as a hero in some circles. You know, that's the woman that brought down Brett Kavanaugh, you know. He might be lionized. Um, also, you might just feel that you've, you know, gotten some great victory over your mortal enemy. Um, is she going to be uh, vilified at, at the at the College of Palo Alto where she works in the psychology department? Probably not. I don't think so. By her students? Probably not. I, I'm 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 going to go out on a limb here and say, and I, and I will confess, I, I, I know this community. I know these schools he went to, Modern Day E and Georgetown Prep, where my sons went. But I'm going to say, and my sons never did anything like what he's accused of, and I don't believe he did either. But let me just say, as a hypothetical, if he did this when he was 16, horrible and stupid and ignorant and ignoble and stinking rotten behavior. Mm-hmm. But I don't think 36 years later, given his life, take a man in the totality of his acts. You've heard me say that over and over again. Right. The women who have testified on his behalf, one stupid drunken night. Um, as a teenager. As a teenager, I just... Uh, but and, and that doesn't make it okay. It's it just absolutely doesn't right. make it okay. And you've made that clear. But you know, there was an expression at well, these schools that I'm referring to where he went. You know, good boys making bad decisions. And you know, there is this strong impulse in boys and teenage boys, and they take it over the edge, and they sometimes get confused with signals and how people look and attract and, and how they dress and what's going on, and alcohol mixes in. But it is shocking to me how many people believe with the accusation without any further evidence. Now, again, I would say they're habituated to um, see the evidence after the accusation, mm-hmm. and many of these accusations are followed by evidence. I guess we'll find out here whether there is more. I agree with Conrad. If she doesn't have anything more, he's probably okay. But if she's very credible, if we were having the Clarence Thomas hearings now, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I don't think he gets through mm-hmm. with the testimony of Anita Hill. Not today, not because of the temperature and not because of the burden of proof. So it's not the political hijacking here so much that I worry about, though there is political hijacking of the Me Too movement for sure. But the judgmental short-circuiting, that the accusation becomes self-ratifying, that the only verification you need is to say so. And I just ask every man out there, every woman who's attached to a man, every mother of sons, any woman at any time can come forward and say, and in 1978, Mr. Bennett did this, and I didn't. you got to live in a world now in which you believe that half the people in the country will believe that's true. Right. Is it half the country or is it a small percentage? I think Conrad was saying it's a small percentage. I think it's bigger than a small percentage. I don't know. What do you think? I think it's bigger than a small percentage. Um, and even those who may want to give an individual the benefit of, of the doubt, I think sometimes are afraid to even voice what you're saying now because of the backlash as if you're a supporter of rapists. Co-conspirator. Exactly. Accessory. And, exactly. You did it too. Right. And uh, the fact that one could be accused and, and nothing comes out of it. There's no evidence. And it sticks with you 
forever. You're, you're still known as the person who, you know, to, someone will think well, he's the person who did this to uh, to, to this young lady. I mean, um, it, it, it's really tough. But like you said, I mean, you know, for years it's been going on, swept under the rug. No one's done anything. Right. So I, I get right. the the zeal to to bring to justice things like this when you've seen it happen over yeah, and over sure. again. Sure. But like you said, you know, let's pump the brakes and get evidence first. And we'll be assured that things will, you know, fall out the right, the correct way if there's evidence in, in, indeed that this happened. As a contrast here, this uh, other heartbreaking story, which we're following. By the way, we need to follow up with Mark Thiessen's latest piece the week sure. after next. Okay. Um, but, you know, the documentation on these cases with the church has been very carefully done, very scrupulously done by these teams of investigators. Right. And that's the way it should be. You're going to accuse some priest or archbishop of monkeying around, of doing horrible stuff. You better have your facts and your evidence. Mm -hmm. And I think they've proceeded in such a way, even though it's taken a long time. Right. And these two, like this incident uh, Kavanaugh's accused of, occurred a long time ago. Mm -hmm. But this is different. This is not a 16-year-old boy. This is an adult priest and a child. Right. And it's a different situation. Uh, other things that... that Conrad and I talked about. How do you see the midterms? Uh, wow, you know what? Um, it's interesting because, like you said, everything seems to point to, and, and you know, I, I know you gave Congress a pushback on this, but um, uh, everything that you see from media reports to polls seem to indicate, you know, a blue wave. But if you look back to, to, to you know, 2016, all those polls and all those reports yeah. seem to be wrong too. And, 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 and who knows? I mean, um, one thing he said that was very interesting is that, you know, for candidates, um, uh, Republican candidates could point to policies that are working of the president, yeah. even if they were to say, listen, I don't agree with some of the tough talk. I don't agree with some of the way it goes about hitting back at people, but some of this stuff is working. So let's stick with what works. But that's so, I, so when you're not having to run away from the policies of, of the president has. I mean, interrupt you. Has the campaign started? A lot of people believe it has started and it's virtually over and that the blue wave is coming. Conrad Black said it really hasn't started. People haven't focused yet. Uh, you know what? Uh, I think people are focused. I think people are focused in. And made up their yeah. minds. I, I, I think that they've made up their minds. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You know, you could say this guy is so different, so unique, all bets are off. But I think they're geared up. And I, will, I would predict a... I would predict the Democrats take the House, but I don't think by much. But I tell you what, I think support, I think that the Republicans hold the Senate. Right. I think support for for the president would be higher if it weren't for those things that we call self-inflicted wounds. I mean, yeah, if, I if Twitter was a little less, if if the punchbacks weren't so hard, you know, if he wouldn't hit back at everything as well. Talked more about the economy. If he read that email that we read yep. from, what's her name? Please tell me again. From Molly, Molly Kilberg. If he read that email from Molly Kilberg about mm -hmm. the ten years, right, and how the job prospects. The 401ks are flowing in now and the raises are flowing in uh, stayed on message but I don't know we'll see we'll find out but you know it's American politics too you don't like the way it's going just wait because it'll change mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so we'll see but uh, boy this this Kavanaugh thing is a real real drama and yes what, no matter what you think about the Me Too and all that Democrats have gone low even a few Democrats and a few liberal types like Bill Maher have said this was pretty low down right this was pretty underhanded sit on this thing and then do it at the 11th hour mm -hmm. he's supposed to get a committee vote this Thursday it's not we have another hearing Monday if he doesn't get confirmed that's gonna happen till January right 
Right. That's the way it looks. You know who else would be interested in that Molly email would be our friend Joel Farkas. Right. You know, uh, and we're going to talk to him about topics. We'll get, get with him next week. And anybody else who owns an RV, particularly if you're a millennial. We're really digging into we, this RV We are stuff. digging in how many RVs are out there, how many RVs are leaving California, <laughs> how many RVs are purchased in California right. or are purchased in Texas, mm-hmm. driven to California, pick up the stuff. and <laughs> right, purchased in Texas. And, and go back. <laughs> no, there was that statistic on the U-Hauls. U-Hauls rented in California much higher than the U-Hauls. U-Hauls rented in California going to Texas. Oh. Three times a number of U-Hauls rented in Texas going to California. Oh, I bet. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're signing off. Claude, thanks a lot. No problem. 